welcome back to the Untitled Review Show. I think we've decided that that will be the uh, the name, tongue in cheek, that we couldn't think of anything better. And basically, on this show, we're going to do movie reviews. Uh, last week or last time, we reviewed the Spider Man film, I believe, No Way Home. And uh, what was what was the result of that? What was the final verdict? So uh, Steve wasn't there for that that episode because uh, he hadn't watched it at the time. But myself, Mod, and uh, Liam, we had given it a about I think an eight out of ten. Mm. So um, yeah, obviously I I think my score kind of brought it down because I gave it a seven. Liam gave it a nine, and Mod gave it an eight. So you know we just averaged it out to eight out of ten. Uh, if you want to listen to that, it is out on the same sort of uh, platform as our podcast. And it will just be called the Untitled Review Show pilot episode. So, mm, I think, like on in hindsight, I would also give it an eight, having watched the film. Um, very good film, I can't lie. And I, I like the setup they have for the future. You know, it's going to be a bit darker, less kiddish. But that's my two pence on that. Uh, this week, we're going to try and review the Matrix film. So, I believe there's a, or oh, is this number three or four? This is this the is fourth four. film. Yeah. Yep. After. After the third, obviously, and it continues the story with uh, Keanu Reeves being Neo, um, kind of lost in a way. Um, he's he's stuck in the Matrix, yet he doesn't know that he's in the Matrix for some reason. Um, and I, I, I don't know what what did you think? Also, spoiler alert: if you haven't watched the film, obviously don't watch the review. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, I think that that should be a given because. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, if you're watching this, it's going to be us going through the entire kind of storyline. Um, so yeah, we'll have it will have uh, spoilers. But um, I, I guess like the film starts off with him basically being a computer programmer for a a, a gaming company, um, mm-hmm. where he's the top programmer, and it kind of shows his life being quite mundane. You know, the usual nine to five rotation with uh, him going home. You know, him getting coffee. And they show this kind of routine going round and round, mimicking really what other people, most people live, to be honest. <laughs> At least I do. I live that way. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think most people live that sort of just go to work, come home, go to work, come home. And, you know, you have the weekend off and that's your only only mm. time. Um, just as like a quick summary at the end of the third movie, obviously, he'll he just um, he just kind of infiltrated where all the robots were, you know, the machines were, sorry. And um you know, they'd kind of reset the matrix and we had left him kind of there on an almost cliffhanger where it was like, oh, is he dead? Is he not dead? And then obviously this movie just starts off with him looking like the John Wick version of himself. Mm. And he just, you know, he, as you said, he's a computer programmer and he, he's actually made a game out of the events of his life. So the matrix in that reality is how it is in our reality, which is, it's just like a movie. It's a game. It's a whatever. So he he's just a guy. He's back to being Thomas Anderson, and he you know he just um, he, he he makes this game, mm. and everyone loves him and thinks he's great. But he's had a psychotic break, right? Is that is that was that the case? Or yeah, so he's he's having a psychotic breakdown, and he goes to a therapist that explains to him that it's all in his head. You know, all of these weird things you're experiencing, and like if we focus on the beginning part, I quite like that that idea of like character exploration you know, exploring mm-hmm. more about Neo as a, a normal human being per se. Um, and that's when I was like, okay, this film actually has some legs at the very start. So I would also say that was the best part. I don't know if you agree, but, 
you know as we go along it kind of gets a bit more absurd but um in this one you know there was kind of a hidden message you know the matrix films they kind of have this hidden message going throughout you know in the original trilogy you know the trilogy aka kind of christ-like you know you had trinity which is obviously similar to you know the trinity in christology and that's not even a word but he, he was what's that what's that christology <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but Neo was kind of like the savior. You know, there's a lot of themes in mm. the original trilogy. And I felt like the start of this film was looking for a theme, more about social commentary on on uh, you know social media use. Because I don't know if you remember, but he was ending up in an elevator and everyone was just like watching YouTube or on Twitter. And mm. it was kind of like their version of the Matrix, you know, how they're stuck. And obviously that's a bit of like social commentary on our society as well. Um, but although I just thought it was quite clever how um, well it wasn't really clever it was kind of in your face but it was uh, he had a psychiatrist who's played by Neil Patrick Harris who just would give him a uh, blue pill to help him with his psychosis and obviously as we know in the original film if he had taken the blue pill instead of the red one Mm. then he would have you know um, he would have stayed in the matrix not knowing that it's the matrix basically Yep. So they, they kind of brought that element into it as well. So he was just like heavily medicated and just anytime he had any kind of indication that the world he was in wasn't maybe real, they would say, oh, you're having a mental breakdown, give him the blue pill. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting. Like the, the beginning of the film, I think it did reel me in. I, I don't know if you noticed as well, but like, you, you know, in the original trilogy, there was that like green tinge when they were inside the matrix, kind of like it signified the mind. And then when they were outside of the Matrix, it was like a blue tinge, which meant like this is a physical world. And then towards the end of the Matrix, you know, when he loses his eyesight, there was that like golden tinge. Mm. And that was, I mean, I've been reading theories online, but it kind of signifies the spirit. And like even the robots had spirit inside them. So, but in this film, they did try to do something similar to that, but it was more rudimentary. For example, like, like you said, the blue pill stuff, but also there was, blue tinge i don't know if you noticed when he was like kind of convinced that there's no matrix and then Mm. when when like the big uh situations happened when he was trying to break out you know there was like red alarms there was like red themes everywhere and i see what they were trying to do but what irks me about that is that it was so obvious do you know what i mean like the guy was wearing a blue hat for example his co-worker and i was like come on man this is it was was a bit more in your face than the original for sure yeah, I, f- I, f- I feel like they haven't thought they haven't really thought out how to do it in a you know a nuanced way and a more interesting way. Um, and I think this is my major complaint about the film. It was very like they, they were obviously reaching back to the old film, which to be fair, they did kind of do it tongue in cheek as well. Like there was social commentary about reboots. Um, it, 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 but do <laughs> you, you know, like rubbish. that? Though? I did like that. I did like that. I don't I like that. that. I don't good. like it when they do like a remake or they do like a, you know, a new movie after 10 years off and they keep making the point to remind us that, oh, this is a remake. Like, okay, we get it enough. Mm. I, I guess it was just like a tongue in cheek comment, but the film itself being a remake and them saying, you know, how rubbish remakes are. But again, like, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of those kind of, I think it's like breaking the fourth wall or whatever it's called. Uh, kind of commentary especially when it's obvious if you do it in a subtle way in a clever way that's fine this is what i'm saying i don't like it when it's so in your face like oh ha ha isn't this funny we you know we we're making it because the thing is i was watching scream 4 it was on netflix Mm. 
And at the beginning of Scream 4, they have like a whole, like, you know, a whole bit about how they have made like eight Scream movies in their universe and whatever. And it's, oh God, what, another sequel? And it was just like so in your face. I was like, enough, man. I don't want to like, mm. okay, I get it. This You don't want to, you don't want to rehash the same original stuff. Mm. But, you know, it's, I don't know. It was just. Maybe if we move on more towards the middle of the film where, you know, he gets he gets rescued, basically, and you, you begin to meet or really know the main characters. Um, you know, there was the lady. She was um, Bugs, yeah. Bugs. She was a window cleaner, but she was already like breaking through the Matrix. And to be fair, I did like that character. I thought she was the best out of all of them. Um, oh, actually, should we comment on the fact that so basically in this reality, whenever um, Neo has a kind of uh, kind of realization that he's in the matrix and decides that oh i can fly or none of this is real or whatever and he he kills himself or he does whatever uh they just reset him and put him back in yes and in one of these attempts where he thought he remembered that oh i can actually fly like neo is real um he he jumps off the edge of a building and you know while they're celebrating and everything his his success with the matrix and the girl bugs sees him jump so she was also in that matrix i guess yeah she was in the same matrix world but yeah again that that we can discuss that maybe a little bit later but i didn't quite follow how that how that could be the case but whatever and yeah so basically she is awoken awoken awakened by him hmm. um when he jumps off so she's like i saw you many years ago blah blah this and that um but then later on she says oh but we couldn't find you and we didn't know where you were. So again, I'm not too sure how that works. Mm. It was a bit yeah. weird. Like it yeah, was too like easy. a bit of a lapse in writing there. Cause yeah. how can she be the window cleaner when he jumps off the building in this matrix? And then at the same time say, Oh, we ne- we don't know who you are. We don't know where you are. Like that didn't make sense to me. And it's such an obvious storyline. Like, Oh, you know, she happened to see you and therefore she happened to like break out. Like, I don't like it when it's that obvious. Do you know what I mean? It's just a bit weird. Like the old Morpheus, you know how the original Morpheus, you know, his storyline was quite clever. How the Oracle told him there's a chosen one, but they didn't know it was Neo. And it was like kind of a discovery of who is the chosen one. And there was obviously nuances to to it too. But in this one, I just felt like it was so, it was like lazy writing. It was like very direct, you know, cause effect, cause effect with a hint of trying to be nuanced about it. But if you're not going to do it properly, just don't do it. Because then it just, it feels cheap. At least I felt like it was like a cheap attempt of doing that. Um, if we look at the actress herself, I think she did a good job for her role, um, be it limited with the writing, but she did do a good job. But let's move on to the meaty character. What did you think of Morpheus himself, the new Morpheus? First of all, I didn't really understand why they didn't even offer Lawrence Fishburne a role in this movie. I understand that. Basically, in, the, in this reality, Morpheus is a creation of neos within the matrix that he's in so within the matrix that he's in he's a game developer and as part of the game he makes a a node a nodal or whatever he makes a game character that is morpheus yeah and this morpheus brings together aspects of uh you know the original morpheus and um agent Agent smith Smith. Mm. and this morpheus kind of escapes from his little nodal his little game and then he enters neo's world which is within another matrix in this like again it's a bit convoluted how they came to it but 
basically this is Morpheus, but it isn't Morpheus at the same mm. time. Um, and it, it was played by Yaya Abdul Mateen. And to be fair to him, he done a great job. Again, the actor done a great job, but I just thought, why did you convolute it so much? If like, why couldn't you just get Lawrence Fishburne mm. some sort of role in this film? Like, why did you have to make Morpheus a new version of it? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess yeah. when you look at the fact that they were both stuck within the machines kind of pods and actually a lot of time, it's like 60 years, I believe had passed yeah. from the third movie. It kind of makes sense that Morpheus would have aged and died, but I don't know. I just felt like out of respect to the actor, maybe you could have given him some sort of role. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like, yeah, if you're not going to include the original Morpheus, don't do this. Because this is just like, again, cheap writing. And it's what you said at the beginning, you know, how they try to make it like deep by, you know, combining him with um, Agent Smith and saying, you know, there was kind of like a, a hidden message, but there wasn't at all. Like it was just, it felt very random. It felt like a very cheap attempt to make Morpheus this character, you know, more deeper. And I, I do feel like if you're not going to cast the original member, don't just copy paste the character. Because literally, they just, I don't know, man. I, I think the actor just did a normal job. I don't think he did anything special. I think they just chose him because he looks like Morpheus, which I think is horrible. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're just like, oh, what's the closest guy that looks like Morpheus? Here, take the job. Hmm. Like, I, I didn't I, mean, appreciate I also that didn't character. like the fact that Jonathan Groff played Agent Smith. Oh, like, why did they change who, the Hugo Weaving? That made no sense. Again, it didn't really make a lot of sense, but, you know, whatever. And like that, that character as a whole, I just, I felt like it was really rushed. They didn't really look into it. Because, you know, the, in the original trilogy, there mm. is an argument or a theory, let's say, that actually the Chosen One isn't even Neo. It's Agent Smith. Agent Smith, yeah. Because in reality, he's the one that ends up dismantling the Matrix. Mm. Because it's, it's through his kind of uh, desire to destroy Neo that he ends up becoming like more powerful than the simulation itself. Yeah. And causing it to kind of collapse in on itself. So... There is an argument that he is just as important as Neo. Like he's the yin to Neo's yang. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, mm. they're counterparts of equal importance. And so, again, if he's just like a, a kind of computer virus, do you know what I mean? And, and you can show that Neo's aged, but he's not fully dead. Do you know what I mean? Because he's in the pod or whatever. Yeah. Why couldn't you just get Hugo Weaving to do it? But again, I don't know. if Maybe if Hugo Weaving turned down the role, I'm not sure. Um, maybe he said, oh, I don't want to go back to it. Uh, then fair enough. But I just felt like the, the, it wasn't, again, it wasn't really explained too well. It was just like, yeah, you know, I've got a new body. Oh, he's so handsome, isn't he, with his blue eye? He made a comment like that at one point. I was thinking, yeah, that doesn't really sound much like something that Agent Smith would say, I don't think. It was very lazy writing, very lazy story writing, very lazy scripting. And I think this is the issue. I mean, if we look at, I mean, I'm kind of jumping ahead. Well, m- m- yeah. I'll jump ahead a little bit, but I have a feeling that, and I think I said this to you before, that they spent all the money or the budget of the film on Neo and on Trinity, and then they had nothing left for like quality writers, you know, quality. I just felt like it's a, a cheap remake, in my opinion. Get get the big two main characters and let's just make a film that they know will make money and let's not make a another one again. But um, yeah, Agent Smith felt very, very lacking. I did not like that at all. It felt kind of forced. I wasn't really a fan of it. Yeah. Um, I would have preferred if they just, if they're going to do this, you know, keep Neo and Trinity, but start the storyline all over again. Do something fresh. See, this is the thing. I originally thought that when they said they were going to make a, a, you know, a continuation of the story or a remake or whatever, I just thought, okay, in the last movie, we saw that kind of 
Neo kind of destroyed the Matrix and they needed to come up with a new one. It was like, kind of like a reboot of the Matrix. Mm. Um, and I just thought, okay, cool. So maybe in this one, they're going to start the whole thing fresh um, and maybe talk about had Neo taken a different path or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But mm. when they made it a direct continuation and it was kind of like, they tried to build on the machine world a little bit where there's the analyst now, who is obviously mm-hmm. his, his uh, therapist. I was just like, I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't really feel right. I wasn't too sure about how I felt about it. To be entirely honest, it wasn't original for me. I think it that's didn't my feel issue. original. Yeah, it felt kind of like if if you gave Kevin Feige the keys to Matrix, what kind of movie would he make? It kind of felt exactly. Like, it, that, it didn't yeah. feel like the original films where you're thinking, "Damn, man, this is you know, um, this is yeah. actually yeah, yeah." It, it just didn't see. I didn't really like it. If I'm if I'm being honest, the long story <laughs> short. I don't think I really enjoyed it. It felt like elevator music, this whole movie. Yeah. Like you have it on in the back. You won't really pay attention to it. It was that sort of movie. Like it didn't really draw me in. Like I said, it started off well. And I thought, oh, it's quite, you know, it's quite interesting. Let's see where this goes. But then it was like Agent Smith was also in on the plan with the analyst where he played uh, Thomas Anderson's friend slash business partner for many years. And then at some point he decides he doesn't want to be I mean, I don't know. It was it was a bit confusing and it just didn't feel like they put enough thought into the things that they've done. Perhaps if this one movie was made as a trilogy and they could really delve into each character per movie, that would have made more sense. Mm. So like, why yeah. why is he hiding from the analyst? Or why is he working with the analyst? Or do you know what I mean? It, 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 I yeah, it was empty. Like I in the original feel, like rushed. In the original ones, there were like questions like that but there were hints of answers do you know what i mean and it made you want to watch the next one because you knew they had something planned in the background to reveal but in this one it was just like there are questions and there's no answers like it's just like oh yeah you're just left left like it's basically just bad writing um i do actually appreciate so that let's move on to the point where you know he's exited the matrix and he goes to see uh the city io which is the the next city after zion and um this is when you realize that the machines and humans are actually working together. And I, I did appreciate that, that like diversity in, in the sense of an addition in the story that the humans and the machines are working together. And I feel like they had something there that they could have built off. Do you know what I mean? They could have done like a, a, a new battle against, you know, human machine versus other humans and machines or something along those lines where the dynamics of the war has changed. Like they didn't, they didn't take that. They didn't grasp that. They didn't do anything like interesting with that. It was just very, very like one-dimensional, linear. Like you said, you had so many questions, no answers. Oh, just I mean, I, I didn't even, I didn't even like like that to be entirely. Like because that. again, it felt kind of, um, it kind of felt like something that you would do to bring out a toy line, where it's like. Oh look, there's this different type of robot, and it's got wings, and it looks like a bird. And do you know what I mean? It it, it mm. felt kind of, I don't know. I wasn't really a fan of it. And then Niobe, uh, who's played by Jada Pinkett Smith, mm. uh, she she is kind of like the new Morpheus, I guess, in the real world, where yeah. you know Morpheus has obviously died. But then again, this is my problem. They kind of spoke about the end of. Morpheus's life but again I, I know that Lawrence Fishburne wasn't approached for the movie and I just feel like surely you could have given us like a five minute filler or something to show 
what really happened with Morpheus towards the end. I don't know if their plan in the long term is to make a separate, you know, trilogy about Morpheus post Neo. Mm. But it just felt like a missed opportunity again. And my, again, another thought was, I swear Niobe wasn't that much younger than Morpheus in the original film. So how come she's like an old lady and alive? But Morpheus is dead for like 50 years. It doesn't really mm. make a lot of sense. Unless he died young. I'm not too, again, I'm not too sure, but I just felt like, again, a wasted opportunity right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, a, it was a weird film. I mean, I guess, yeah, I, I didn't like Jada Pinkett Smith as well as Niobe. I don't know. There was something about her acting that just was forced. I don't know if you felt that way. But I feel yeah, like no, I mean, they were like giving her all the makeup and stuff. And you know I mean, the, the, yeah. like the aging makeup. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not too sure about this. I mean, I could have just got a different actor, to be entirely honest with you. Yeah. I do like the fact that they brought back um, that Indian girl from, I think, the third film when she was a kid and she's kind yeah, of grown yeah, yeah, up yeah. and still part of the story. And there's a reason, her reason made sense. I like that. Uh, okay, yeah. I, I do understand what you mean as it was a bit gimmicky when she was like in that bird. Like there was no need to do that. She, yeah, they could, I mean, it just felt like, like, oh, we're going to bring out a toy. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like, let's just let's just create this kind of thing that would work well as a toy. They should have just stuck with, um, you know, how um, Morpheus, the new Morpheus, comes into the world using those like pixel things. Like they should have just used that for every digital character because then it's like consistent. It makes sense. Mm. Um but you're right, yeah, that, that bird was like, I, I guess, should, I don't know if they're trying to do some symbolism or something, but that bird was very gimmicky, toyish. It didn't really make sense, and it was quite disappointing. Um, maybe if we move on to another part, like something I noticed, which is just a, a comment on the film, is that they kept similar themes, but they kind of moved it to modern day. So, for example, in the old film, if you remember, the way they left the Matrix was through a mobile uh, telephone line. Mm. And it was kind of reflecting the society then, you know, how everything was connected through the phone. Um, even the internet was connected through the phone. You know, yeah. back then there was dial-up. Um, in this era, they no longer need to do that. So they, as long as they have a mirror, they can kind of leave the matrix or yeah. go somewhere else, which I thought was clever because they kind of moved it with, you know, this day and age where the mirror is really, you know, your tablet or whatever. Um, but... Okay, let's let's. I don't know if you have anything to talk about that or if you appreciated that at all. Not really. Not really. I didn't, I didn't see the need for them to, because again, like, what? Why? Why change it? Why change it to mirror? Like, if it was like, oh, we're gonna try and make a comment. You know, what? What does the mirror symbolize? Is it like we're all obsessed with our appearance, or could they not have just said, oh, okay, through the Wi-Fi viewer? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. what? You know what? I don't know. I like. I didn't really think about it until you said it. To be entirely honest with you, so I can't really say I liked it or I disliked it actually. But mm. I don't know. I just didn't. It didn't really. It didn't. I feel like the points that they were trying to make in this movie didn't really hit home for me. And I just felt like, what new point are you making, or are you just rehashing the original trilogy's point? Which is, mm. do, do you know what I mean? It's like, which is, if that's the case, then what's the point? Yeah, yeah. And what is the story behind this film? What was the reason for you to make this fourth one? Like when they said they were making a fourth one, in all honesty, I wasn't too happy anyway because I was thinking, why? Like, I don't want you to ruin it. Yeah, same. The original trilogy is a good trilogy, you know. Yeah, sure, you can make arguments that as the movies go on, it does, you know, it does get a bit worse. But all in all, it's a very good trilogy and it is quite an iconic piece of cinema. Why make a fourth movie and kind of ruin it? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I wasn't really happy with that. I didn't like the analyst as a character either, played by his therapist slash Neil Patrick Harris. Um, yeah, he was like the new creator, wasn't he? 
Yeah, it was like the new creator. Again, I didn't really like him. But even towards like the end, when you got to the end, then it was like, oh, Trinity's also in the Matrix. And she was kind of the Neo of that Matrix. Yeah, that was but weird. The, but then at the same time, he also could fly. So yeah, he, that, that he's was also yeah. still Neo, but then she's also Neo now too. And then when they got to the end and they had the whole, like, oh, we're going to, you know, they, they, like, what was that about when they had that final conversation with him and said, oh, we're just going to create the world that we want? Uh, before we get there, let's go okay, step yeah, by step. Yeah, so, yeah. so after that, so after the, you know, the, um, they went to IO City, which we gave our opinion, there was that kind of fight scene back in the Matrix. And uh, it was when they first re met the, um, agent smith if you remember mm-hmm. and he brought back all his friends right and one yeah. of them was the french guy from the original film there was no need to bring this guy back they just made him old and there was no like commentary or there was no reason why he should be back do you know what i mean i feel like they just like grabbed characters for nostalgia's sake and just use them and there was no deeper meaning the thing is maybe because the original movies were so different to what we had seen at the time and you know it felt like it was actually making a point we keep thinking that oh, this has to have a, a meaning or a point or whatever. Maybe it doesn't need to have a point. Maybe maybe it doesn't need to have a meaning to bring these characters no, back. But, like, but at the same time, the I'm like... What's the point of making the Matrix then? Like, just yeah, do but John then Wick. that's what I'm saying. What's the point then? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know if we're being too critical when we say all of this stuff, but at the same time, I just feel like... I just feel like, you know, surely you've got to make some sort of point. But I, I think what's what's key is that they attempted to make a point, but it was a very weak attempt. Do you know what I mean? They didn't just give up. Like if they said, you know what, this is just an action film and they didn't bother with any symbolism or anything, I think I would have digested it better. But because they even, you know, they attempted to do it, but very weakly, I think this is where it bothers me. Where it's like, okay, we can see you're trying, but it's not working. So you did a horrible job at it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think this is what bothers me. It's like the French guy, he's such a good character as well. I feel like in... He came in number two, right? Very, very deep character, and th- there's stuff behind that. But anyway, you bring him back. He's an old man, but he adds nothing else but nostalgia. It's just like, oh, he's just back, and he hates. I, I kind of didn't understand as well, like what they were. They were like zombies, but like, what was their so story? They, I didn't understand. They were the remnants of the old Matrix. They they basically sur- surviving code, if that makes sense. Um, okay. And to survive, though, they had to like really you know, push themselves underground, hence why he's basically this homeless man. There's quite a contrast from the original film where he was this rich, extravagant, yeah. you know, well-put man, where, where now he's just like, you know, surviving day to day. But again, like what was the deeper... But they made, they made him kind of like a joke. Yeah, it was just, yeah, exactly. It was, a it was like a weird character. hermit, you know what I mean? He didn't really... Yeah, it was a throwaway character and I don't like that. Like they just put him in just for you to go, oh, look, it's, it's him from number two. And that is it. It ends there. Like, there's no deeper thought behind mm. that character, which I thought was weak. And and apparently all the other characters, you know, all the other bad guys that they were fighting were also yeah. from the old Matrix. But, like, they never existed in the old film. So they're just, like, random NPCs, like in a video game. No, that you have to okay, believe they're in the old Matrix. It was, it was just weird. It was cheap, basically. Very cheap writing. For example, if they brought back those twins, you know, the albino twins from number two, <laughs> that would have been fine yeah see like yeah. when i say oh you could you, there were critis- criticisms of the original three movies as well like for mm. example a lot of people didn't like those albino twins they felt i, that I liked it, it. Felt I that liked... was a bit it was a bit too much you know what i mean the way they they create those characters but like mm. you know regardless regardless fair enough you may or may not have liked it but 
you know, as you said, bringing back characters for nostalgia's sake is something that I don't like with remakes. Well, it's not a re- yeah. it's not even a remake, it's a prequel. Um, it's a prequel, yeah. No, sorry, it's a sequel. sequel, sequel. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, so it's a sequel, but it's like, yeah, again, to just bring back characters for the sake of it and not really use them, as you said, was kind of, it just kind of diminishes the quality of the original trilogy. Yeah, trilogy it, was, for me. it was weird because they're like, oh, you know, Agent Smith's like, oh, is it all your old friends? But it's actually just the French guy. Like, no one yeah. else there was from the original film. So it felt cheap. It felt like a very cheap attempt at, you know, making this scene. And I and have then, a theory. Uh, yeah. I think this film might have started with, like, a lot of promises from the studio. But as they were making the film, this is my feeling, they kind of took away, you know, resources and took away budget. Cause I mean, it could, could just be a COVID thing. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know, man, but like they, they barely had any characters or any good actors. And I feel like the story was very weak. And I feel like you, you only put out movies like this. Like usually they just cancel it. I have a feeling. But you only put out movies like this when there's like a, a promise being stringed along. Because I, I have a feeling like Keanu Reeves himself is the kind of actor that wouldn't want to be in a rubbish film. But like if they pitched him this idea, I don't think he would have accepted it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, his career did have, like, a massive fall-off in the early, I mean, well, no, mid to, mid to late 2000s. So for a long time, he wasn't around because his movies weren't being commercially successful. So you would think that he he would be a bit more picky about what he would do now. And obviously, he's had a huge success with John Wick, and that's kind of put him back on the map. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you'd, you'd think that he'd be kind of cautious of doing something really stupid. Well, I don't, I don't want to call his movie stupid, but something that's not that good because, you know, you don't want to... Yeah, you know, you don't you don't want to go through that period of no work again. Um, mm. That being said, you know, in terms of what did work in the film, I did like the dynamic between him and Trinity. Yeah, that was, I like that was their chemistry. Idea. I like the way that you know she kind of remembered him, didn't remember him. He didn't remember her, but there was still something that attracted them, and that whole thing of when they suffer together that powers the machine or whatever that's mm. why they were put there like it wasn't necessarily a bad idea i did enjoy that i did like their chemistry with one another but um yeah again i just think they could have done it in a different way i mean even at the again i keep jumping to the end but you know even at the end when she was like oh tiffany really like i'm thinking come on man what that's yeah. your biggest gripe that he calls you tiffany in the thing like um i feel like I, they had i don't good, know it was a bit i feel like the foundational story was good like the idea but they didn't expand on it. They didn't have a good fleshing out of like, you know, what's the, what, yeah. what's what. The writing was weak. They had a good foundation, but the writing was horrible. And they did, I think they have, I've seen reviews online about the, um, you know, the original Matrix. And obviously it was the two back then brothers. Um, yeah. And in this one, it's only one of them. Um, yeah, and Lana I, Wachowski, I think. Yeah, Lana Wachowski. And th- there's been commentary that the other one was really the, the brains of the of the film in the original trilogy. He was the one I that did came think up about that. I did think because mm. I was thinking, okay, so if if only one of the two sisters now is coming back, you know, is she is the one that's coming back? Is she the one who done most of the writing, or what was the workload like back then when they were writing it? Who was the one that was contributing what? Like, yeah, if for example, creative. one of them came up with Neo and the other one came up with Agent Smith, like, not that that's how it would work, but you know, now that you don't have the other one, does that mean that the character that she wrote is now diminished and not going to be as good? And mm. yeah, so I, like even that was a red flag to me because I'm like, why is the other one not coming back? What was the reason? 
because you're sisters as well. You'd think that you know, if we create this world together, a big surely... world as well. Yeah. Huh? A big one as well. Like, yeah, we've created this massive thing that's like its own entity. Like, you know, it's a cult the classic. Matrix. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. So surely you would want to come back, even if it's to ensure that your sister doesn't fuck up the, you know, the yeah, continuity of the. Yeah, like it didn't make sense. So even that was a massive red flag to me. Mm. Um, but yeah, let's see, man. I don't know, like. I don't know, because I feel like with this movie, we discussed this. The first thing we said when we left the cinema as well was kind of the way that they, again, I'm going to the ending, the way that they ended it was almost like, well, if this movie does well, then we'll make another one. If it doesn't, then just consider it finished. But there was some unanswered questions like what happened with Agent Smith and so on. So you're thinking, is this an ending or is this not an ending? It was one of those, it wasn't necessarily a cliffhanger, but it it wasn't necessarily like a, a full stop. I guess we could give the listeners an idea of what happened. So basically, in the end, they confront the um, the architect, whatever his name was, the the new the analyst creator, in this the one. analyst, yeah. yeah. And they catch him, and they basically the analyst says, "Oh, you know, without me, or you, you can't run this world. It's going to fail." And they kind of beat him up and say, "No, we're we're going to redesign this world. We can make this happen." And they fly into the air together, and kind of kiss or whatever they do, but. It felt like a complete, like if they wanted to, let's say tomorrow, they said, look, we don't have any more funding. Let's not make a film anymore. They kind of wrapped it up in a sense because it kind of ended that era. But at the same time, if they do have more money, they could continue the story somehow because Agent Smith is still in the world. It's just, I felt like like they couldn't decide whether to go all in or all out, if that makes sense. And I think this is what happens when you get bad films is that they don't have a clear direction. Like in this one, they didn't know whether they wanted to make a sequel or not. So they kind of left it ambiguous throughout the whole film. And I did not like that whatsoever. That was really bad. I'd rather they just ended it on a very solid platform where it's like, yep, no more sequels after this, but at least make a decent film. I don't know. It was very weird. Would you watch it? Would you watch the next one? I mean, unless, again, somebody went and gave it a great review and said, oh, no, no, don't worry, guys, this one's really good. I, I don't know if I would. I might just wait for it to drop on. To be fair, Steve, you and I now have the um, the Limitless card, so we can just go watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but we will watch it. but We will watch it, but, I mean, if I had to pay for it, would I pay for it? Or would I feel like I was ripped off for paying for it? Yeah, I would. 100%. I think one common factor we should kind of bring into everything that we review is... If I had paid for this film, like specifically for this film, would I have felt ripped off? So for this movie, I'm going to say yes. 100%. 100%. Like if I had actually specifically paid for this film, I would have mm. I would have just been like, nah, this is, you know what I mean? And I'm actually having a look. Uh, just now I've just Googled, uh, you know, reviews for, for this film on Google just by regular people. And I'm seeing a lot of one-star reviews and they're just saying like, this is horrible. They, they've just mm. uh, nostalgia pandered. They didn't bring in Morpheus. It's just, it feels like they made the, so Lana made the movie because she didn't want Warner Brothers to make it, but then she just ruined it herself anyway. It's abysmal. It's bland. You know, I'm seeing a lot of major disappointments. It really sucked. Mm. I, I wanted to like it, but I couldn't like it. You know, that's that's the kind of review that is getting from most people. Yeah, I and would agree. I yeah. can't say that I disagree with it, if I'm being entirely honest with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like it, it was just, I'm sorry. I think for me, if I had to summarize it, bad writing, good concept, like foundational, 
they had a good character. I mean, Neo and Trinity, the interaction, like you said, I really like that. But then beyond that, there was n- there was no thinking, and I did not like the fact that they just recasted characters that you're meant to know. Yeah, just start new ones or don't like. Either you include them or you just start again. I think the best way to go about making a sequel or a prequel is to only slightly hint at the original characters. I don't think, like, mm. for me, if they said we're going to make a new Matrix film and Neo is not going to be in it at all, I think I would have preferred that. I agree. Create a new world, create new characters. You don't need to keep doing this nostalgia shit where you go back and you just take, you know, old characters that people like and just randomly add on another section of their story. There's no need. If they had mm. just made a whole new world about this, I would have been perfectly fine. If they had said, oh, Matrix 2.0, like, you know, the, the Matrix has got rebooted and now everything has changed. There's a new there's a new guy who's like the Neo of that one and you just carry on with that story and you make some valid criticisms of the world as it is today. Because now and 20 years ago, especially if you're talking about a movie that touches on technology a lot. Totally different. It's totally different. So there were so many different aspects that they could have taken with regard to their critique of what the world is like today. Mm. I'm just like, why would you, if you're going to do the nostalgia trip, go full bang nostalgia trip, you know, bring in all the actors. If you're not, then try something new and fresh. This just felt like it was neither. You know what it is, yeah? And I clocked it. In the original Matrix, so that was released around in the late 90s, right? Mm. And in the late 90s, in our real world, that was a dot-com era, they call it, where, mm. you know, the internet was really booming and we didn't really know what the future would look like, but we knew that this technology is growing very rapidly. And so there was this kind of fear and in, in large intrigue around this concept, which the Matrix leveraged, right? It was, it was very much about that era. And I felt like they kept the same theme, but like you said, in this, in this era we live in, it's not the same as a dot-com era. And they've tried to keep that same kind of feeling, but if they scrap that feeling and you know create the matrix but based on this on our world and on our fears and on our uncertainties you know it would have had a much bigger impact it, it was it was like like you said if you're going to do nostalgia go full-on nostalgia get all the characters you know what i mean just do dot com again and just go full-on but they tried to bridge the gap in a very awkward way and it did not work at all yeah, I mean, I can see kind of what they were trying to do there with it, but it just, it, like I just said, it didn't work. Did not work. Yeah, yeah horrible. and I, I just think sometimes you got to be a bit braver with this sort of thing. I think that summarizes um, it. It was not brave. It was not a yeah. brave film. Yeah. It wasn't a brave film. I, I yeah, <laughs> did not like it. <laughs> I just put it that way. Um, so, Steve, mm. I mean, I feel like we've kind of gone through as much of it as we need to. I mean, I don't yeah. really see the point of doing it. Especially with movies like The Matrix, I don't really see the point of doing a scene-by-scene review because yeah. it's just, some of it's a bit too convoluted. I'm not really a fan of it. Mm. Uh, but let's talk about ratings. So obviously last time we gave it a rating out of 10. Mm. Um, so what would your rating for this film be? Uh, so I'm, I'm arguing whether it was a mid-film, basically. It's definitely mm. not a good film. I don't think it was a 5 out of 10. I actually think it's it scored below 5 out of 10, which is quite bad because i'm generally quite you know uh generous so with the bad casting with the bad story uh writing horrible story writing and the fact that i don't know whether a sequel is going to come out and i wouldn't pay for a sequel i have to give it like a three i think i think at most it gets a three yeah three out of ten for me you know what i give it 
I would just just about give it a five. And my only reason for giving it a five is because I feel like, as I said, in the beginning, the premise seemed pretty good. And the whole thing with the analyst and, you know, oh yeah, we took Neo and Trinity, we rebuilt them and we, you know, blah, blah. Like it could have been good. But I'd it, pay, could, it could have been a good premise. I but, would pay for five out of ten. I wouldn't pay for this. Like if no, I that's, knew, no, no, that's your that's your scale, isn't it? Like mm, I, mm. I hear that. I absolutely I understand why you're giving it a free. And a part of me does feel like maybe I should give it like a free or something. But at the same time, I'm like I'm trying not to be like super harsh. Do you know what I mean? I'm trying to be like mm, mm. level headed because obviously we really like the yeah. original trilogy, and yeah, yeah. You know, that was right when we were growing up. Like when we were kids, we were watching The Matrix. So obviously it had like a big effect on us growing up as well. So, yeah. you know, obviously you don't want to like then have that nostalgia and that true, sentiment yeah. and be super biased with it. So I'm going to just give it a five because it didn't really make me feel anything. And I felt like mm. there were parts on it that were like, you know, good premises. It's just whatever they were trying to do, it just didn't work. Um, yeah, so yeah. then I can say that like our average score for this then is a four out of ten. I think four out of ten is fair. Yeah, I, I accept which that. I think is fair. I mean, because I'm just having a look now. Um, on IMDb, it's got a five point seven out of ten. Mm. On Metacritic, it's got sixty four percent, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got sixty five percent. So we have been a bit harsh in our reviews of it, but mm. you know, when I look at some of the um, like fan reviews on, let's say Google, they're giving it one stars. Do you know what I mean? The the most they've got two point five out of five stars. Um, you know what's interesting. So yeah, like sixty sixty percent is actually quite good, and I think I just don't think he warrants a sixty percent. I I I think I understand like people that watch films that aren't into films. You know what kind of films are out nowadays, Aaron? It's the same Marvel films, mm. bland, very like non fleshed out stories. Even John Wick, let's be honest, the story is bullshit. The story is bullshit, but it's got great uh, fight scenes. And it's just at action. the end of the day, that's, that's what, I mean. what you watch it for. But, but this is this is what I'm talking about. I think. It doesn't take much nowadays for people to be happy with films. So, in a sense, I understand why they did this film. They knew this would be as deep as a Marvel film. Let's be honest. But that's that. That's where the problem lies. Like with John Wick, mm. you go to watch it because you think I just want to see some action. I want to see some fight. You don't really care about the story. Whereas the Matrix is the exact opposite. Yes, there's great fight scenes in it, but you're really going to see what the story is going to be about. Well, it depends and... what, who you are. If you're a main oh, true. fan, yeah, true. yeah, sure. But I'm talking about everyday people, people that just pay to watch films. They like, yeah, they have some investment, but not like us. And I think this is a reflection of like how society has moved on. Let's say this film comes out like 10 years ago. This would have failed horribly. Like This would have been actually a two because the standard of films back then, I personally feel was a lot higher than it is now. You're talking about the yassification of the uh, cinema industry with Marvel, but uh, mm. I agree. I agree. I just wanted to quickly point out um, there's also an IGN rating here, which is the exact same as ours, which is four out of 10. Mm, um, and the official review is four out of 10, and they've just written bad. Um, mm. The Matrix Resurrections is a bunch of really good ideas stacked together to make a bad and sometimes ugly film, which is kind <laughs> of the point that we're getting at. I mean, there were some yeah. good ideas there, but when you put them all together, whatever it was that we tra- they were trying to do, it just didn't work. It didn't work, bro. Yeah. So yeah, that's our review of the Matrix uh, Revelations. Is it no Resurrection? Resurrection. Sorry. Resurrections. Uh, Resurrections. <laughs> Christology. <laughs> the Matrix Resurrections, um, which we give it a four out of ten, and we obviously our rating is that if you had to pay for this film, you'd feel ripped off. So I'm not saying wait for it to drop online or nothing. We don't condone that behavior. But what I'm saying is, I personally. 
I would not pay to see this film. Definitely. Just point it out there. Wait for it to drop on Netflix. Uh, but yeah, that's our review for The Matrix Resurrections. Tell us what you think. If you agree or disagree with what we've said, did you like the movie? Did you not like it? You can always get in touch with us. Um, obviously, this is the spin-off review show, but this is still a part of the Verbal Reasoning podcast world. Uh, and so if you want to get in touch with us, you can always get in touch with us on our Instagram, Verbal Reasoning Podcast, or our Twitter podcast, Verbal uh, we also on Facebook. You just need to search up Verbal Reasoning Podcast and you'll see us there. We have a Patreon. Go sign up to that. You'll get some bonus content and the money will go towards good causes. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. And Steve, maybe we should go on to our next review, mm. which you guys will probably get in about two weeks, um, which is for the movie The King's Man. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? You- that was bloody brilliant.